Hello everyone and welcome to the 10 Second Podcast. My name is Keith Woodward and happy to be your host on this journey. In our previous episode, we concluded with our three-part conversation with head coach Rand Pecknall. Today we have four players that were on the ice when the final goal was scored. Colin Graff, Sam Lipkin, Jacob Quillen, and the captain, Zach Metza. We're going to learn how they started their Quinnipiac journey and how they got recruited. And here's one quick spoiler. One of them wanted to go to Yale. So let's start with our individual journeys. So we'll kind of go around the room from left to right. So for our listeners, the voices you'll hear first will probably be Sam, followed by Zach, followed by Jacob, and then followed by Colin. So Sam, talk a little bit about how you started playing hockey and uh, and how eventually you made it to Quinnipiac University. Yeah, so uh, for starters, my dad's from Winnipeg, Manitoba, so uh, ho- hockey's in the blood there. Um, ha- half Canadian. I got my uh, Canadian citizenship too, so um, yeah, he brought me up early. Uh, started with roller hockey, then uh, kind of by the age five and six, uh, started getting into ice hockey, just kind of really fell in love with it. Um, then yeah, f- to get to Quinnipiac. Um, and we, from Manitoba, he played. No, but he ends up in the greater Philadelphia area. Yeah, so he actually moved when he was 18 uh, to go to college in Philly. Um, ended up meeting my my mom there. Uh, th- yeah, they've been uh, married since. Um, he has his own business there. Um, he's been in the States for about 30, 40 years, so uh, he's used to it. And, uh, yeah, he started uh, bringing me up uh, playing hockey from a very young age. So And so you're playing juniors, and you're I think you were playing in Chicago at the time. Uh, it was actually a year before that. Um, it was going into my 16-year year, um, so it was, it was a pretty uh, early process for me. I was only – it was the year after I graduated uh, – or uh, my sophomore year in high school, so uh, going into my junior year. Um, it was kind of a lot. Um, at the time, I really didn't have uh, much interest. Um, then I kind of traveled to North Jersey Avalanche, kind of got set up with those guys. Um, and I kind of just uh, started popping from there. Um, it, I really honestly didn't know Quinnipiac before. Penn State was another one that was uh, pretty much my dream school, just being from a Philly kid. Um, that ended up not working out, and uh, I kind of just found myself, and I really enjoyed it. Um, had a great tour, a great visit. Um, they gave me a lot of time just to think about the process and uh, what I really wanted, and uh, committed there when I was 16. Um, pretty young, but uh, the trust with the coaches uh, obviously obviously showed this year. Just came a long way. Uh, we kind of built a relationship going into Chicago. They always uh, were in contact with me, uh, weekly calls weekly visits um so they always made me feel very welcome so he kind of made the choice come nil uh and and what's it and nil uh time i kind of mixed up with the nil these days but uh yeah no once that decision came uh yeah no it was was a no-brainer to sign and uh come to quinnipiac so and what was your second choice uh so my final three were uh penn state UMass, Amherst, and uh, Quinnipiac. Um, then a few others that were pretty good, but uh, I felt right at home at Quinnipiac. So. All right, sounds good. Mr. Metzer, you've been here quite some time as a graduate student, right, this year, the, the year of the national championship? That's right. Um, and so how does your journey to uh, hockey start, and how does your journey to Quinnipiac go? Uh, started when I was like two or three. Is my dad. He, he was born and raised in Minnesota. He played Division three at, at uh, Hamlin University out there. He put skates on me pretty much right when he could. Um, 
and from there it just kind of grew like we'd put a rink in our backyard every winter being from wisconsin we get cold enough so you're out there from thanksgiving until end of february um delafield wisconsin delafield wisconsin yeah yeah, just outside milwaukee and uh yeah, I mean, that's where I fell in love with the game was outside and playing on that rink. I'd wake up at 6 a.m. before the 7 a.m. bus, skate around, go on the bus all sweaty and go to school. Um, and from there, just grew up kind of playing uh, travel hockey in the area for the junior admirals. Um, Reed Cashman was the assistant coach at the time. He was the first one um, from Quinnipiac to reach out to me um, at a showcase, I actually think, in, in Philly. And from there, I just I built a great relationship with him. Um, we would talk all the time. A lot of times not even about hockey. It was just, you know, check in and see how the family's doing, what I'm up to, and stuff like that. So I I was very comfortable with Quinnipiac from early on. Um, and, you know, when I came out to visit, actually, I didn't come out with the intention of visiting Quinnipiac. I was coming on a visit to Yale, um, which is kind of crazy to say now after being here for five years. Um, That's awesome. But I, it was a, it was a visit with Yale. I spent the day with them. Um, it was a Saturday. Went to a Harvard Yale game that night. And, and to be honest, at that time, I just, I really wanted to be a bulldog. Yep. Um, but uh, Reed knew I was in town, and he said, "Hey, like Sunday morning before you head out, we had a Sunday afternoon flight. So I come up to school and let me show you around quickly. Uh, came up, saw everything. Like probably spent." two or three hours here just walking around and uh i was i was not offered from yale which was kind of a letdown um came here and he offered me on the spot and i was like pretty shocked but um, so, so what was so you comp- you go from yale to quinnipiac in terms of one essentially the same day same weekend right and you get in the car and you're going to the airport and are you with your family at that point yeah i was with uh my mom and what's the conversation like uh i think we, i mean i was shocked when they offered me. I didn't realize that uh, they would do that, or they were at the time that interested. Uh, so I think it was like, whoa, like that's that was pretty cool. Like it's not the one I wanted, but maybe at the time, but uh, it felt right to be honest. There's even one moment when I was uh, walking around the rink. We were walking through the U Club, like up top, and looking down at the rink. And I actually I was like looking down. And I was picturing myself like in the yellow jersey, like skating around. And Reed actually like I was I kind of my mom and Reed kind of kept walking while I was looking down and Reed like stopped and turned around he's like hey like did you score yet because he knew what I was doing and he was kind of like did you see yourself scoring yet um, so I think that was like like looking back I think that was a pretty cool moment because pretty much from then on like I I knew what I wanted to do um, I took a little bit of time just to see if anything else would come in from the schools I was talking to but uh, it was the only official offer that I ever got and. It was, you know, it's it was all I needed. It's, I was comfortable with it from the beginning, and you know, still obviously am to this day. It's crazy, isn't it? Like in terms of like everything that you got, you all have accomplished, and really there were few opportunities, and you guys really have obviously made the most of those opportunities. That's incredible. Yeah, That's, it's you know, wouldn't change a thing. Like Hamden's almost home to me now. Um, my parents have moved from Wisconsin; they're in North Carolina now, so. You know, I, I don't go back to Wisconsin. I maybe don't really consider North Carolina home yet. So, like, Hamden to me is, like, home. It's kind of home base, and uh, to me it's a very, very special place. That's awesome. Jacob, so tell us your uh, your origin story. Um, yeah, so I'm from Dartmouth, Nova Scotia, which is five minutes from where uh, Sidney Crosby grew up, Nathan McKinnon. So I grew up idolizing those guys along with my brother. 
Um, I played minor hockey for my hometown the, growing up all the way till midget. Um, and then my brother actually went, uh, he went to prep school here, went to the school called the Gunnery. So I kind of wanted to follow his, his path. So I chose uh, Salisbury School. I liked uh, Coach Will, I liked the, the campus, the, the school's beautiful. So I went there. Um, it was actually, I actually committed before I went there. So Bill Riga came up and uh, recruited me in Dartmouth. Now at um, Holy Cross, right? Yeah, now yeah. at Holy Cross. Yeah. Um, so I came down, I had a visit, fell in love with the school. Um, I think I committed maybe six or seven months later. Um, so I played my minor hockey, then I found my way um, to Salisbury School, did two years there, um, and then I did a year in Penticton and then came here. And so what were your offers like? Uh, Quinnipiac's my only offer. This is crazy stuff. This is like this is crazy. Like I mean, I, Sam obviously had a couple offers. Zach none, or just one, and you had one, and and then we'll get to Colin in a second. But so, were you considering not accepting it at any point, or were you consider do another year of juniors? Were you like, how does your mind? How do you at such a young age, right? I mean, we were just heard sixteen or you know sixteen, seventeen years old. You got to make some significant decisions, um, and obviously, I mean, obviously, your family's probably helping you in some of these decisions. But like, how do you do that? Uh, well. I, I did commit when I was pretty young, so I mean, I, I think the the door was kind of closed for that. Um, I mean, I could have waited, but I mean, I, I like the school. I like what they they had to offer. So I mean, when I when I came here, I was, it was pretty sh- like shocked and you know the magnitude of uh, like what happens here compared to like where I grew up, a uh, small town. You know, yeah. you don't really get much of um, much of what you get here. So I mean, I just I thought this was the right spot, and you know, I just made a good decision so very nice Colin Graff so uh, your journey here is a little different than some of the other guys so why don't you tell a little bit about that story yeah a little bit different for me I'd say Uh, neither my parents ever played hockey ever skated they're both uh, engineers at RPI so I think when I was like three four my my mom wanted me to learn how to skate and I remember going out there being really bad, but at the other end, just watching the kids with sticks and pucks go and shoot on nets, and I just thought, yeah, like that's what I want to do. So it took me like two years, I'd say, until I was like five to be able to get down the other end and be able to, to finally play hockey for the first time and not just march around, and that's really when I fell in love with the game. And then played, live in Massachusetts, played in the, mostly in the South Shore Kings growing up, and uh, played Junior Bruins, U16, U18, and then NCDC, and then when I was 17, I committed to Union College under Rick Bennett, and I went into Union. Uh, it was a great time, first half of the year, and then unfortunately he had to step down in the middle of the year, right around January, February, and it, it wasn't really the same. There was a lot of questions about the future of the program, I'd say. So that was sort of what led to me transferring at the end of the season, which a couple other guys did as well. And then a little bit different experience as far as the portal because none of them had to experience it. But Yeah, can you talk about that? Because we talked with Joey a little bit about Joey uh, Cipollone was in here and we talked to him about it. Yeah, um, yeah. I think it's like, it's basically just like a second recruitment, I'd say. But like, instead of like having like a lot of time to think about it, you're like, your window is like compressed into like days, I'd say. Yeah, two weeks maybe. Yeah, so it's a pretty stressful feeling once like your name officially gets entered into the portal and then just like anyone can call and I was fortunate enough to have like a a good year at Union where I was able to set myself up for 
some bigger programs than the ones that I was originally offered and went to. So I think that when uh, Coach Dumay called, it was a uh, it was a really good fit, and I uh, I, I came and I uh, I toured, and it was just uh, like it just felt like this was uh, this is the place to me. Obviously, a good good decision I'd say. So uh, so for our listeners the portal is essentially something where st- student athletes put their names in whether it's football whatever, whatever sport and you put your name in and then other coaches get an opportunity to look at who's on the portal and then they can make some decisions on whether they want to bring you in or they want to recruit you or things of that nature which is essentially what your experience was. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. And so if if I remember correctly 11 goals 11 assists first year at Union and now you're in the portal, and how many people are interested in you? Uh, well, it was definitely more than what I had before, I'd say that for sure. Um, I don't really know. I think, like, a, like a handful of teams definitely called. Like, other, there were probably, like, more, like, generic, like, emails or, like, checking in, like, stuff like that. But I knew that wasn't really the spot for me. I'd say there were definitely, like, a good amount of teams who called and, like, put time in, and, like, I'd say, like, officially like made me like an offer to go there but I think that Quinnipiac was the best spot like it wasn't just I wanted to go somewhere where we'd win obviously we won a lot more than what I thought but but we'd win and that just had a, a good program and some opportunity for me to play and show what I can do so take me back to the summer uh, of 2022 um, you know, for at least three of you, or two of you, actually, probably, you're coming off the Michigan loss, um, and so you, now you're you're in the training uh, mode. Zach, how do you get named captain, and can you take us through that process in terms of um, being a captain? Uh, yeah, it's it's a uh, I think it's a team decision. Like from the players, Rand asks you know everyone's thoughts and takes that into account and. Um, kind of goes from there. I was fortunate uh, that season to be named an assistant captain with uh, White Bond Giovanni being our captain and with him leaving um, you know I'd, I like to think I've earned the guys respect and um, they kind of trusted me to you know wear the C which was an honor obviously I, I've been here with some pretty special names I know um, captains before that you know it's it's an honor to be named next to them but um when when Rand told me I I knew it was it was going to be maybe one of the I would even say one of the easier um times being a captain cuz we had such a strong leadership group I knew it wouldn't necessarily rely all on me we had so many fifth year guys or even the senior class like so many guys that could lead and even beyond uh beyond them um like a bunch of the younger guys you always get guys that'll step up and um, kind of make their presence felt in the room and um, yeah I mean it was it was cool to be it was an honor to be named it um, but I was very fortunate to have guys around me that um, could kick in and do their part. Sam what's the summer like in terms of 2022 because you're a first year student here at that point right so you've never participated in some of the programs that Coach B puts everybody through which uh, we had a fabulous 45 minutes with him for just for the record he was I mean he's great he's awesome so but so what was it like coming in as a first year student? Yeah it was honestly uh, had a little bit different path than most guys as well um, like Quilly like he probably got a almost a full summer with B before um but I had uh 
at Arizona camp. So I was out there for uh, two and a half, three weeks training with them. Then immediately after I had uh, the USA Festival for the World Junior Showcase. So that was another two weeks. So I honestly really didn't get into school until about first week, second week of August, which pretty much the whole teams are already now, <laughs> if not last week. Um, so yeah, no, we get there early, but uh, yeah, no, it was, uh, it was kind of a culture shock for me uh, right away, just the way we do things, the way the team aspects, how we are in the gym. Um, that was pretty eye-opening, uh, just the culture we have here. And uh, I mean, my first day here, like it was, we're going to Tampa, we're going to go win a national championship. So uh, kind of once I heard that, um, obviously just the, the guys welcomed me. So, uh, I, I couldn't be better. And uh, just the leadership group that we had, um, it kind of just made my job easy coming in as a fresh uh, freshman, new guy. Um, it kind of took a lot of load off my back. So um, yeah, no, it was uh, honestly a great experience. Um, but yeah, no, it's definitely a big change for me uh, coming into school. So are you and Jacob responsible for the music in the uh, in the training room? Because I've heard, oh, yeah. uh, I don't know if this is true. I, I, NBA Youngboy, is that the? Hey, he's, he's, the, he's the best rapper. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I've only been here for a few days, but uh, yeah, no, it's kind of looking like me and Quills are uh, the music guys. So yeah, no, NBA Youngboy. Nobody does it better than that guy. Really? <laughs> Jacob, I wish people could see the look on your face right now. They're like, yeah, that's that's what we listen to. No, no other comments on that. <laughs> All right, so the season starts, right? And it's a trip to North Dakota. Uh, it's game three or whatever it is in the, in the schedule. And uh, that's a different atmosphere than probably most of you have played in. Uh, maybe not all of you, but most of you. We'll get to the juniors in just a, and as we get to, through December. But what's that experience like? Uh, f uh, and uh, Zach, why don't you take it, and then we'll go to Jacob. It was, uh, it was special. Everyone, I think we all, when we saw the schedule, we all circled it. It was like we're, the Ralph is, it's, you know, it's the mecca of college hockey. It's, uh, I would say it's the second best rink obviously I'd, I like ours a little bit better but uh, it's a crazy place to play they have so many passionate fans and it was exciting to you know kind of go on a different trip like we always just bus everywhere in the east coast so to even just be able to fly somewhere um, with the guys just have that time like it was cool um, and showing up there is you can you just you kind of understand and feel the history like there's a it's just a it's a prestigious program um, and, and for us, 12,000 12, people right on top of you. Right too, on right? top of you. Their student right. session yeah. was crazy. Um, but yeah, it was it was an awesome atmosphere that I think probably helped us as we got towards the end and we were playing in you know tournament games and uh, you go to Tampa with 20,000. Like I think a game like that where you have such a rowdy and the games we did play in the first game where we gave up a lead and. Uh, maybe one of the louder rinks I've ever been in up to this point uh, as they slowly came back uh, but it was yeah it, that trip was awesome um, I think it gave us some confidence moving forward especially to kind of find some success in a building like that and um, early in the year that's kind of what you need to leapfrog you forward Jacob talk about 5-5 five, five the first game second game 6-2 uh, and I think it, I think they scored the first goal in the, in the second game and then you guys just kind of rolled from there talk a little bit about what that experience was like and then also um, after the game what the experience was in terms of the, the entire weekend 
Yeah, I mean, when we came out, it was it was so loud. I mean, it was it was unbelievable to play. And I think the first shift, I I iced the puck. I had absolutely nobody on me. Ran ran, let me know a little bit, and it calmed me down. Got uh, but uh, we ended up getting a uh, one pretty quick, so it settled the nerves a bit. Um, I think what do we go up three nothing? I think. Yeah, I think so. And then five, it was like five two or five three or something in the first. Yeah. Game. yeah, yeah. So I mean, it, it was it was going well, but we weren't playing too well. We were not, not managing the puck, you know, too great. But you know, when they score, it's just you can't hear anything. The, the horn's so loud. They got twelve thousand fans all over you. Um, I don't know. They have unbelievable fans. But um, after the game, we uh, we knew we could play a bit better. Um, you know, we we reviewed tape. Uh, you know, looked at what they did and. Um, next game we were we were much better. We came out, um, and I think uh, I think we just we proved on you know what how mature group we are, and you know we came out and, and won that next game. So, Colin, is it everything you wanted when you transferred to uh, to Quinnipiac in terms of uh, experiences like that? Yeah, that game was that game was definitely the first one where I was like, wow, like this is way bigger than than last year in terms of like just like the magnitude of the game. Like obviously it's just like it's still college hockey, but like it's way bigger, like especially in North Dakota. Like I think that was, as Matt said, like a good like starting point, like to realize like this is what it's going to be like. Like this is the conditions that you have to play under. Yeah. So sixteen hundred miles away is the University of Maine, which was your next game, and uh, that <laughs> all the guys start looking at each other. They're looking around. Who wants to take this question? So right, it was four nothing or something like that in the in the in the main game, and uh, obviously that didn't go the way. Is that a letdown? Is that like what is that? Um, I think that was honestly a great lesson for us. Um, obviously, we only had three or four losses all year, so um, kind of surprised when that happens to you. But yeah, no, that place was bumping. I think it was their home opener. Um, I think they had eight or nine thousand. Um, yeah, obviously we we didn't play well, but um, just to play in those type of conditions and experience uh, defeat, um, it allows you to grow and become closer as a team. Um, obviously, we dropped the first one, but the next night we came in, um, got the job done. So, yeah, no, obviously it sucks to split, but uh, those are the experiences that uh, that pay off in the end for sure. Talk a little bit about um, – so at, at one point in time, the the four of you are not on the same line. I, I know forwards and defenses are different, but the three of you are not on the same line. Uh, Jacob um, – uh, Colin and Sam, when does that line come together as a group? And I know uh, there might have been an injury in there that kind of impacted the way you guys came together. Yeah, I think that um, it's actually like the best back check clip I've ever seen of from Desi Burgart at Princeton. I think we're up 3-4-1 with like two minutes left to go in the third. Like these guys have seen it. Like Randall show it once a week probably the rest of the year. And unfortunately, like, twisted his ankle or something. Like, it was that good of a back check that he dove and, like, fell into the boards hard. And uh, they, uh, it was me, Dez, and Lip playing together. And then we needed a center because Dez was out and Q stepped in. And then from then on, we played together every game, I'd say. And you knew, Jacob, I think, uh, in talking with Coach Packnell, that it sounds like you were progressing to that point at some point. Uh, but this was just the opportunity, right? Yeah, I mean, last year I was uh, in the lineup until Christmas, um, and then Christmas came. I was, you know, playing fourth line minutes, still working my ass off. But um, and then this year came, and then there was opportunities for guys to step up because why, why Bon Giovanni, Oliver Chow, they left. So I mean, there's a lot of room for 
scoring. So I just wanted to take advantage. I stayed all summer with B, worked on my game, and um, and then when, once the opportunity comes, you know, you just got you got to take advantage of it. That's incredible. Yeah, it's um, it is. It's when the opportunity is there and you are prepared for the moment. It's easy to step into it and take that moment, right? If you're if you're prepared for it, but you you can't start in November. Like you got to start during the summer and that's and show everybody that that's what you got. Uh, Sam, you uh, left the team for a little bit in the middle of December. You deserted these guys. I mean, what what's going on here? Yeah, obviously I had uh, the honor of uh, playing for the United States um, in the World Junior Tournament. Um, it was a complete grind. Uh, I think it was 30, 31 days or thirty two days in the hotel. Um, so you just can't hotel food. You're not you're staying in your room, almost like you're in COVID uh, isolation. Um, but yeah, no, that was a great experience for me. Uh, playing a lot of big games. Uh, obviously, fortunate enough to get the bronze medal. Um, but also like just playing Canada in uh, the semifinals. Um, that's just something you dream about. Uh, I remember watching that tournament from as long as I can remember. Um, that's probably the craziest game that I've ever been a part of. Um, obviously, the national championship game is pretty crazy, but uh, the atmosphere with the sea of red and it's packed out, warm-ups, and you just hear, oh, Canada, the whole 60 minutes. Um, I think it was like thirteen or 14,000. Yeah. Um, and obviously, we got two goals called off, so kind of sucks and didn't, didn't go the way we wanted. But, uh, yeah, then we had a crazy one versus Sweden. Uh, I think we won like 8-7 seven seven or, or something like that. 8-7 yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. in overtime. Um, yeah, but it was also just great. Um, a lot of high-end guys, Logan Cooley, Cutter Gauthier. Um, anytime you can practice and be around those guys, like you just got to take it all in because uh, th- they're legit. Um, so it kind of just opens your eyes to see that there's a lot of talent um, from other countries and e- even in your own country. So, yeah, no, that's a great experience and uh, something I'll definitely never forget. Bronze medal is pretty nice on the shelf. Yeah, it looks great. Uh, I got a little frame with that in the jersey. Um, hung it up in the house, so that, that'll be something that's uh, there, there forever. And uh, Fantilli played on Canada and was on the fourth line, right? Yeah, um, that just that that's just, like that's like tells you how good Canada was up in that tournament. Huh? Yeah, Connor Bedard, uh, yeah. Logan Stankoven, Brant Clark. Um, they probably have five or six NHLers. Um, so yeah, no, it was just unreal to go against the best competition. That's uh, that's all you can really ask for. And back on the home front, seventeen. I think you guys won seventeen games in a row, if I'm not mistaken. And then maybe a, a couple losses or a loss or something, or or you went seventeen games without, and then another. 12 games or so or 10 games with uh continued the streak once uh once rand and sam came back to the club that doesn't happen right like i mean i know you had like 34 wins on the year or something along those lines but that's an incredible run by you guys how how do you guys keep and maybe zach i'll ask you how, how do you keep your focus and how do you keep the team focused because that's a lot of winning and not a lot of adversity yeah uh it was crazy to be honest how much we were winning um but I think the group did a really good job of, we always talked about in the gym or on the ice, like just sticking to the process. Like you show up every day, just it's one foot in front of the other. Like we're not going to focus on what's happened or, you know, trying to focusing on the win. Like we got to do the right things to get the outcome that we're looking for, which ultimately is five or six championships throughout the year. Um, and, you know, credit to these guys and the rest of the guys in the locker room. Like every day they'd show up in the gym and, They'd be working their tails off. You go on the ice, everyone's focused, everyone's ready to go. Um, so it was it was great. And I think, uh, like we talked about the main game early on, it was a good lesson for us to learn. Like if we don't show up and we're not ready 
for an opponent, like it's college hockey. Like they're going to take it to, um, and and we we turned around after that and just went on a heater, like you mentioned. Um, so it was great. It was I credit to, um, you know, the focus in the room and you know the we were talking about B before and what he provides in the rink and keeping the guys like locked in and um, everyone holding each other accountable if someone steps out of line or is starting to kind of veer off in the wrong direction bringing them back and yeah it was a great great stretch of the year and let's go to uh the place where quinnipiac dreams sometimes don't always get uh <laughs> colin's already shaking his head <laughs> you know where i'm going colin huh go ahead grab the mic yeah i mean that was my first time at lake placid obviously i've heard the uh i've heard the stories before i think that we really, we really wanted to win that one. And, you know, at first it started off by, we're in the 1980 lo- locker room, which was, like, really cool. But And you're oh, in the 1980 locker room of the... Of the Miracle, Miracle USA. Miracle on Ice, yeah, USA. Because you're the number one seed, number, you get to yeah, pick the locker yeah. room. Okay. And I, I wasn't a fan. It felt like we were walking three miles onto the, onto the ice. You know, we had to wear skate guards. Like, it, it, it just, it wasn't a great spot, I'd say. And, you it was know, part of history, Colin. Yeah, no, I, the inside the locker room was cool as soon as we got outside. <laughs> Sam talks about the national team, you know, the Olympics, the whole nine yards, and you're poo-pooing lo- it because you got a little... The, inside the locker room was cool. <laughs> I, as soon as we got outside the door and we had to walk, I was I was just, eh, maybe we could move somewhere else. But I don't know. I think that it was it was a wake-up call for sure, going to that Colgate game. We're on a, I don't know, 12-game. Like, we just held Yale to five shots on goal. And we're, we're riding our high horse into that game. And it's just, as Met said, like, we didn't play how we had to play to win. And we had some bad bounces. Obviously, Brindy got kicked out of the game, which sort of messed up the rhythm. And and we couldn't we couldn't solve that goaltender. But looking, looking back on it now, we 100% needed that game. I think that that was a huge wake-up call that we needed because we, like Rand was right, we weren't playing at our best going into that game even even though we were winning so I think that that was although it didn't go well there I think that it's what we needed so 12 wins in a row or whatever Jacob uh, um, excuse me whatever Colin said Sam wake up call do you agree um yeah I mean obviously like we want that one back and now that's going to be a goal for uh this upcoming season um yeah it kind of just shows like do or die hockey like what other teams will put out like Colgate probably had our number all year. Uh, we we really didn't play well against them, and uh, they came out and they they played well. So um, yeah, obviously uh, you can definitely say it's a wake up call just because what happened after. But uh, yeah, no, they they just played well, and we uh, we just didn't do what we needed to do. What was the locker room like afterwards, Jacob? Um, because I, I was at the game. I was at the game, and what double overtime, right? And like seven or eight, ten minutes into the period or whatever, in the second. It was pretty quiet. Not not much was said for a good 20, 20 30 minutes, I think. Um, nothing was said. We started to get undressed. Um, some guys said their their thing. You know, it's a it's a it's an opportunity. We we still have the the tournament left. Um, yeah, Lipper said that. Um, so I mean, we just it was yeah we. Uh, we knew we had the the big one ahead of us, so we just had to learn from our mistakes. I mean, I don't, I forget what we had, 100, 
fifty turnovers. I can't remember the stat, but yeah, it was like the most some, turnovers in like ten crazy. years or something like that. <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was not great, but I mean, we uh, we bounced back. We had a great two weeks of practice, and we came out hot against Merrimack. So, Zach, talk a little bit about the leadership role after something like that happens. You know, because that's that's when. Right, I mean, Sam, Sam obviously made a comment, but that's when leaders step up in the moments of adversity. Yeah, it was, you know, that locker room sucked. I'll never forget the feeling of that locker room. Um, it was a moment where, you know, someone should have said something probably, um, but I knew it was my last white law. It was, um, it's like the one thing our class is missing on our resume. Uh, and I, I just had no words. I was so disappointed um, that we didn't even get a chance to play for the White Law. And obviously, Sam stepped up and said, "Okay, like, you know what? This like, don't forget this feeling. Like, we need, we still have the NCAA's. We can still do something." Um, but you know, it's kind of just the refocusing. Um, like, we didn't really do much that day. Everyone just kind of took in the moment, uh, and then it's just a complete refocus. Uh, 360 for practice like we got two weeks until the NCAAs and it's four games to basically four games for forever to do something that Quinnipiac has never done before to unite this group for the rest of our lives like credit to all the guys like everyone realized what we need to do and refocus and we we just went from there we got back to the process because I think we kind of got away from in Colgate we were in my mind to focus on the outcome like trying to force it to happen instead of just shift by shift and play by play and like we did all year that was the you know maybe that in the main game we were the two times all year we didn't do that and um yeah it was a great wake-up call for us to get right back where we need to be all right but at that point you got 30 wins right and you know it's you guys are riding high i mean you're ranked two or whatever you were at the time maybe two three one whatever you were at that particular week um and almost everybody that's stepped in front of a microphone that's talked for this project has said that was the reset moment, that that was the moment that you guys, the team, realized, all right, let's get our crap together and let's make, make, make this run. Is that fair? Yeah. i just like to add that I, like, I don't know if that game was as much of the reset moment as like I remember Mets held a players-only meeting, one of our few. I think it was the Sunday. It was right after – like the selection show about where we're going and he just said that message about it's only four wins I think that was Devon who said that Mm -hmm. Devontae's who reached out to Mets and like that was just like like that stuck with me because like it's really only four games like it's not that like it's possible right it's like it's like the NFL playoffs right you don't need to win 40 games you got to win three no we did all the work already right that was kind of the message like we've look at where we are in the standings look where we've been all year long like we've proven to ourselves to everyone even though we all see social media we all we all knew what people were saying about us like we couldn't get done we're not a playoff team blah 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 um but we knew what we did all year long and how good we were and my message was just like there's nothing we need to change we need obviously we need to refocus and get back to it but we've done it all year long like we just gotta do it for four games My thanks to Colin Graff, Sam Lipkin, Jacob Quillen, and of course the captain, Zach Metza, for talking with us today. In our next episode, 
We continue our conversation with Sam, Zach, Jacob, and Colin, and we do a deeper dive into the program. Our production crew is Justin Morosky, who is our producer and audio engineer. Jillian Catalano is our social media coordinator. David DeRoche handled the audio mastering. I'm Keith Woodward, and I'm your host. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the 10th second. And also follow the podcast account at QU Podcasts. And thanks again for joining us on this episode.